Hey y'all, it's Gabby. It's Janae. And welcome back to It's Black Girl Business. I want to first start off and thank everybody for listening to our first episode last Monday. We really appreciate it and we are very excited to continue with this series and I'm hopeful you guys stay tuned for the next episodes. I'm going to first introduce our special guest, um, which we're very excited to have on. It's my sister, Christy Tobias. Christy, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, sure. Thanks. And thank you guys for having me on your podcast. Excited about it. Um, So clearly, I'm Gabby's sister, Christy, um, older sister by nine years, um, and only (laughs) and favorite sister. You're welcome. Um, I don't think that's true, (laughs) but we'll go with that one. Favorite. Just for today. I uh, live in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, I am career-wise, I am a healthcare and business consultant. Um, so basically, I travel around the world guiding businesses on how to actually succeed um, in optimizing businesses, as well as helping them improve uh, their leadership skills and overall employee engagement. Uh, when I'm not traveling around the world, I like to drink a lot of wine. Um, I consider it. <laughs> <laughs> finding okay, wherever I can uh no but but truthfully I um love working out I'm kind of a cycle nerd so like soul cycle uh ride society where I live in Pensacola I'm that person um I'm actually an author as well so that's also what I do in my my spare time I have a book releasing February 16th um shameless plug I don't care <laughs> but yeah that's a little bit about me <laughs> so we love a successful black woman so fits right into today's topic today, which we are very excited to talk about, which is dating in your 20s and 30s. And so John A and I are both the same age, right, John A? Correct. Mm-hmm. Now we are. <laughs> now we are. <laughs> Christy, as she said, a little bit older than us. So she's in her, we're not going to reveal the age if she can, if she wants to. Um, I'm 35. This is already there. <laughs> I'm 35. Yeah, she's 35. They know you, they know how she is. So then what me and Johnny are 26. So we're going to kind of talk about, you know, our dating experiences. And I want to preface this, but this is our experiences and this is our opinions on dating. Doesn't mean this is the right or the wrong way. This is just what we've experienced in our dating life. Um, So take it as you will. This is just what we're talking about first and kind of what we're getting into with the dating life. So. All right, so let's start with the first question. This is actually a question somebody asked me on Facebook, and a guy asked this. He said, if you propose to a girl and y'all break up, is it disrespectful to use the same ring for somebody else? And he said, if you break up and get back together, can you propose using the same ring again? Such a great question. Am I allowed to go ahead and provide feedback? Go ahead. (laughs) So as the elder... And someone who also like, I'll have to say your 20s and 30s are very different, right? And so mm-hmm. once you get to a certain point in your life, the whole guideline around relationships changes a little bit. I think in our 20s, we're so self-focused that we forget Ooh, that there's yeah. this other person involved in our relationship. And so it's not his decision. It really is up to that person. And there should be a conversation about that. Because if I am that woman, for me personally, if I'm like the new girl, I may feel some kind of way about having someone else's ring. Right. Right. Rings are personal. Even though they may be materialistic, there's a purpose behind it. There is supposedly a conversation that has happened (laughs) with that person. (laughs) Supposedly. I hope it's a conversation. Right? You'd be surprised how many people do not have conversations, especially in your 20s, because they're trying to impress that person. 
and also depending on the person they may not even know what they want but I think it really has to be a conversation I wouldn't necessarily say it's right or wrong I think it's dependent on who is that person what is that they find valuable and is there bad emotions or negativity tied to that materialistic object that could impact the relationship Mm-hmm. that's a good take on it I agree with that so I guess your answer would be the same for if they break up and get back together can they propose with the same ring that they always had right because if there's bad ties I mean y'all know whether there's a ring or not if you have bad feelings in relationships I've done the whole on again off again thing um yes. you probably remember you <laughs> yeah, <you> remember. <laughs> said yes it's like my whole life her relationship that is basically all of that and so I, with that though like there's negativity sometimes that like festers and whether or not that relationship is successful could depend on what is still what you're still holding on to and if that ring has negativity tied to it for either of the people that could like dive into even deeper issues with your relationship so it really doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a conversation if the ring was just a part of it and it's still like you know what I love this ring this is something that is actually a positive thing to our relationship I think this is what sealed it for us then awesome like use it but it really does have to be a conversation it's so dependent that was a good yeah. answer I don't have anything that, was, a that. Really- that was great and I think age, y'all, age. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is interesting that you pointed out the difference between your 20s and 30s before, like, you answered the question. Right. Because where I was going, it wasn't necessarily different, but it wasn't as, like, thorough and thought out. No, I was going to say, look. You were going to say it, um, because I was just going to say, like, kind of around the same thing where, no, like, I feel like if you propose and you break up with somebody you know, I think the ring kind of has to go with the breakup in a sense as to where you you need to start all over again if you're going to propose to a new person because essentially that's a whole new relationship, it's a whole new feelings, it's a whole new person, it's a whole, you know what I'm saying? It's just a whole new vibe. So, I mean, I kind of agree with that. And then what was the second part to the question? The second part was if you guys break up and you get back together, can they use the same ring again? Again, like what Christy kind of said, I think that needs to be a communication thing. Like, you need to really talk up to that person and ask, like, you know, do you want a different experience? Do you want the same experience? Do you want the same ring? If you want the same ring, I mean, I'm going to want to upgrade, and that's just me. Like, <laughs> I'm going to want two or three more diamonds on it. You know, oh, my God. Trauma more. Emotions with that. So I think I need a little upgrade, you know? So, you know, I kind of agree with that. I feel like that needs to just be communication is key for that one. No, I kind of agree with what Christy was saying, too. For me, I've noticed that in relationships, like, um, same in a relationship with somebody, they bought me something. Sometimes if I'm not really with the person, I'd be trying to get rid of the stuff that they gave me. Mm. So yeah. if it was with the ring kind of thing, I'd like, look, that was kind of a bad little taste kind of item. Let's just start off fresh into something, you know, totally different. I mean, a ring, you're putting a little bit more of a price tag on it, but I think it's the symbolic, you know kind of what that stands for would be the reason why I'd be like, okay, let's just kind of try to forget about that and move on. Yep, absolutely. All right, so the next question. Can you date someone with a different political belief than you or a different religious belief than you? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was actually talking to some friends about this last night. Um. You know, and I'm not going to steal it because I didn't say this. She said this, but, you know, she kind of brought up a great point because I asked them, I was like, could you date somebody who believed in things politically different than you? 
And, you know, she said, you know, you don't necessarily don't have to have the same exact political beliefs as me, but you need to have the same kind of empathy and compassion that I do or share similar empathy and compassions that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a kind of a great thing. Cause I feel like a lot of times nowadays people get political politics, excuse me, and humanity mixed up. Um, politics and human rights mixed up a little bit. No, I agree, so with, I that. Kind of agree with that is where you don't necessarily have to be dead set on the same things politically that I need to be but when it comes to like caring about people or caring about different things that I care about I think those kind of things do need to align in a sense yeah no I think also to kind of piggyback off of that I think a lot of that has to do also with your cultural background and your upbringing so a lot of the times those values can be different but sometimes those things don't always stick sometimes through experience you know your mind can change so I definitely agree with that I think this kind of ties into a difference in age as well. Again, there's such a difference in my political beliefs in my twenties versus my political Mm. beliefs in my Mm -hmm. thirties. And a lot of it, I actually had a girlfriend as well. Um, We have a lot of these conversations, especially those of my girlfriends and I that are in our thirties and forties that are single or like my girlfriends that have been previously married and they said it perfectly. It's the big things. So it's where are you on the big things? I don't care. Like at the end of the day, if you give me a reason why you're voting a certain way or a reason why you believe um, socioeconomically in a certain way, then, and it's something that doesn't go against me as a person and my values, then I'm going to, we can agree to disagree. I'm going to support you as a person, but maybe we just have a different mindset. But if there are things, and I think about like education, especially in my 30s, my mindset is thinking more like marriage and kids. If there are things like education that we have completely different viewpoints on, that's going to have to be a bigger conversation. Because if we have kids, that's a totally different mindset that may or may not be able to be quote unquote fixed. So it's Mm. a conversation around you can't fix people's political beliefs over time, nor should you try to. Um, But I also think of political beliefs and religion as two different things. I never consider myself religious. I consider myself faith focused and Mm -hmm. everyone's faith is different. And I want you to have your own faith life. But for me, I consider myself a follower of Christ or a Christian, not that anyone needs to, you know, follow me by any means in that mindset. But with my partner, that's a big part of who I am. And so I will say, and I can say that now because I actually didn't do this in my 20s. I dated people that didn't believe uh, in Christ. I dated people that were totally different from my religious viewpoints. And none of those relationships worked out because I was still trying to figure out what that meant to me. But now, because it is so important to me, I don't want to date someone who doesn't share my faith. They can have their own, like they have their own viewpoint on it. But our faith alignment has to be there for me personally, because that's a big thing to me. If it was just a thing, that's a different conversation, but it's a big thing for me. So it's, you have to figure out what are the big things for me and align that with your partner. Cause it's different for everyone. No, I agree with that. I think that Chrissy really just dropped some, you know, black girl business on us. Cause I do feel like a lot of the times, like you said in your twenties, you're, you are a bit conflicted with, you know, your viewpoints and what you stand for and kind of the different things that matter to you. I know um, in some of my friendships with some of the girls that I, you know, hang out with and stuff, religion has came up as one of the big things like, hey, can I, can I really date somebody? And then, you know, right, when yeah. it doesn't work out or 
you're kind of teeter-tottering or you're asking the hard questions about, you know, how's your relationship with Christ? Do you go to church? Do you, like, how did you grow up? Did you grow up in the church? Things like that. You kind of are on the teeter-tottering scale of, you know, how important is that to you? But until you kind of are okay with where you are in your walk with Christ or what it is that you believe in, that kind of helps you to define what, how important that is to you, or I guess opposite of that, how important that really is to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially, and with this being podcast, I think it's so important to mention, especially as Black women, and especially in a time now where as Black women, I hate to say it this way, but, you know, for me in my 20s, there were things I couldn't say. Because if I yeah, did, sure. I was an angry Black woman, or I was yep. ostracized, or, God forbid, I, you know, even chastised in my own professional and personal environment. Mm-hmm. And now we, you guys have a beautiful platform and I love it. And I say, take advantage of it. Now is the time to stand up for who you are as a black woman, especially, and not to allow other people to tell you what your beliefs and values should be. Again, it goes mm-hmm. back to what you both said. You don't have to be the same. You, you don't have to have the same beliefs. Should you? It makes life more interesting when you have someone that and help you grow, but there's a difference in helping you grow and enabling bad behavior that puts you down. And so it's understanding those lines as well. Of we can grow and we can learn from each other. We can have different beliefs, but we still have to respect and love each other. And you have to respect me as a black woman, especially. And I like that you said that, how different it is now. Um, you know, I feel like even nowadays people are chastised you know and I think it's not 100% perfect but I do definitely agree with you I feel like nowadays we definitely as black women and even in relationships with other men and people who may be black men too it's like you know you feel like you have to almost sometimes walk on eggshells with what you believe in or what you want to do career or anything like that just to kind of appease other people because if you don't you know you're going to be like you said that angry black woman or you're going to be you know, that person who nobody can approach because you're so intimidating or unapproachable. Like, I feel like I face that, you know, sometimes in my day-to-day life and, you know, just as well, too. Um, and so I thought that was interesting, the fact that you brought that up, um, because I feel like it has gotten better. Like, we have progressed as a society, but we're still 100% not there yet as a society. And that's something that we will still struggle with from day in, day out. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. All right. Yeah, you're going to answer. You're going to ask your next question, right? Yes. I'm liking these questions, by the way. (laughs) I saw them come in ahead of time. I was like, okay. I see people asking the real questions. (laughs) So it says, so this is something, Christy, I feel like, not to call you out or anything like that, but this is something that I feel like you can kind of relate to a little bit. Um, But it says, discuss dating somebody who makes less than you. Everybody. And then also on the other <laughs> end of that said everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue, Gabby. <laughs> so I'm going to repeat the question. So I'm, it says, discuss dating somebody who makes less than you. And then on the other end of the spectrum, can you date somebody from a different socioeconomic status than you? Which is basically the same thing. Um, but I'll let you start, Christy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the great thing, again, why I love y'all's podcast so much, but also why I love um, where I, and I'm, I am unapologetic for where I'm at in my career. I've worked my butt off. Um, don't know if you can curse on this show, but I've worked my butt off. <laughs> I'm going to say something else. <laughs> but 
I've also had great guidance and great mentors around me and it hasn't been easy. And so I take um, humble pride in where I am at in my career. And when I said, you know, I jokingly said everybody, but quite literally, I have only dated one person who has made as much, if not more than me in my thirties, in my twenties, different conversation. But in my thirties, especially when you get to the point where you have seen where you can move in your career, you keep moving forward. And that's something that you should be celebrated. And uh, a girlfriend of mine, actually, we were just having this conversation. The opportunity is, will I date someone in a different socioeconomic status? Will I date someone that doesn't make what I do? Absolutely. I have no problem with that. The opportunity I run into, though, is, but they have to not have a problem with it. And there Mm. has to be a joint relationship. Uh, I am a, you know, part of my job is helping fix businesses. So I'm a fixer by nature. So my tragic flaw is if you aren't in the level of your career where you want to be, I'm automatically going to want to coach you there. Right. That can't be part of the relationship. And that does connect to that whole career um, growth development and difference in salary of where does that person want to be? And are we aligned with where we want to be as a couple or is there a disconnect because we haven't had that conversation of yes this is where I'm at financially this is where you are at because I think that's the biggest opportunity that a lot of people face especially in your 20s is you don't have the honest financial conversation you have to have that from the beginning and you have to be blunt about it because if you're gonna try and develop something serious that's the number one thing that couples have conversation or don't have conversations about fight about and divorce about is fine. Mm, that's true. That's very that's true. true. Yeah. Are you have, better? No, I have a follow up question to that question. And for you, Christy, this is just interesting because it's something that I've kind of dealt with, you know, in dating in the past where um, someone actually wanted me to give up my career because they mm. felt, you know, that they could handle the financial responsibility and their idea of relationship and marriage was for the wife to stay at home, take care of kids, stay home if you have kids or not, mm-hmm. take care of kids, and that's pretty much your role. So with you being, you know, more so the breadwinner in a relationship and dating and say, you know, the man doesn't have as much money as you, would you want to take on the stay-at-home mom role if the person isn't as financially stable as you or didn't? you know, make, have as much income? Like what's kind of your stance on, you know, the stay-at-home mom kind of thing that's, being in your position? That's a really great question. And I'll tell you my answer at your age and my answer now are two very different answers. At your age, I was all about the up and up, right? Like I got to get my money. I got to get where I need to go. And it wasn't necessarily about money per se. It was about that next level of my career. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there is no way that I would ever consider staying home. That's, you know, and I thought negatively about it. I had judgment about it. Mm-hmm. The older I became, the more I had friends, especially living in Pensacola, who are military wives and who yeah. had lucrative careers and chose to stay home because their husbands are being deployed all over the nation and they love the opportunity to be a family woman. They love that job. And so I think it's important, number one, to kind of backtrack a little bit on the question, is to distinguish that those are both jobs, but you right. have to have the partner that's aligned with you in those jobs. And I mm-hmm. think what happens is there's people, there is a traditional mindset of the way that a woman, quote unquote, should be 
and that the man should be the breadwinner, et cetera, et cetera. It is an antiquated mindset, but doesn't make it a wrong mindset per se. It means there are people who they enjoy that. They want that. They want right. that family job. And I would shift the mindset instead of it being the traditional antiquated mindset to being there are women out there who want a family as their job and that is their primary source of responsibility. I am not that person. I know my <laughs> very well. <laughs> so to the answer to the question, that's not me. Um, my mom has even, daddy mom has even said this to me. She was like, you, that's not who I am. Do I want kids someday if I find the right partner? Would I leave my career for that? More than likely not because my mindset isn't that way. I don't mm -hmm. do well. And it's a, it is, call it a flaw pot, whatever it is. I don't do well in one location. That just doesn't work for me. Like travel for me is absolutely instrumental in a successful relationship for me. Like I need to be able to move. I need to be able to constantly be on the go. Um, and that's just part of where I'm at in my life right now. In my 40s, who knows what my answer will be? Because I think that's the other thing is yeah. we have to give ourselves the grace to change our mind and to be flexible about that and to decide later on in our lives if that's the job that we want. Awesome. But I don't think any man or person, if you're someone that's in a relationship with someone that's not a man, should dictate that for you. That has to really be your decision and a partnership conversation. And I like that answer. And I thought it was interesting that you said it's a flaw because I feel like, or it may be a flaw, kind of what you said, because I feel like that's also complained of far, part of how people were raised as well, too, because we were raised with a working mom, a working dad you know, I basically was raised by you guys. And so like our parents, they were home, but they weren't like home frequently to have our lunches in the morning or like, always cook us dinner at night, which is not a bad thing. That's just how we were raised. Right. But there's other people on the opposite end who they do have a mom who is able mm -hmm. to stay home with them um, and who was able to kind of be there for them to pick them up from school, to be in the PTA right. and all that kind of stuff as well too. And so I feel like I've had this conversation with some of my friends as well too. We've had this conversation before, for sure. Yeah, we've had this conversation as well. And they were like, well, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she did this, this, and that. And I'm like, okay, that's not a bad thing, but that's just not how I grew up, and that's just not, you know, what I grew up seeing. And so, so essentially, sometimes what you grow up seeing almost emulates. No, what you it definitely does. You know, you know, when you raise kids, and like, I'm with you, Christy, I don't, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I don't think that's something that I should be punished for. Just like, if you do want to be a stay-at-home mom, that's not something that you should want to be punished for um so you know I think that's interesting to see because different people were raised differently and that kind of affects their mindset about different things yeah no I have to say I'm definitely a product of the stay-at-home mom kind of mentality but my view was kind of similar to you guys I mean my mom she didn't work until you know I think I was maybe in sixth grade my mom stayed at home and took care of us all throughout but my dad was the breadwinner in our family and things like that so but I also know, kind of going back to Christy's point earlier, how much of a financial, um, not to say it was a financial burden, but to, like finances play a large um, role in your relationship and marriage and things like that. So growing up and seeing that just always made me want to say, you know, I don't know if I can be a stay-at-home mom. Like I need to have my own money. And I've been pretty career-driven all throughout my 20s thus far to be honest with you. I mean, I feel like this this period of my life has probably been the first time I wasn't as um, career-driven just because I feel like relationship is something that I've kind of wanted to focus more so on. 
but um, my career is still important to me, but I don't see myself being a stay-at-home mom just because I don't like the element of control that finances can bring. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with focusing on relationships either. I think that's the other part is people want, society wants us to choose one or the other. And I think it's all about season, right? Like right. This, your season of focusing on something that's important to you that happens to be relationship. You know, this is my season personally of focusing on the career growth that I've been looking at. You know what I mean? It's not that you're not choosing what's best for you. It's just, it, it has to be what you are thinking through for you. And I think the more that we align with where our heart, our mind, and our fulfillment comes from, the more we'll be able to identify what that next step looks like for us. That was good. That was really good. Okay, so I guess transitioning into our next question, I know you had mentioned briefly about weaknesses. What do you guys think that your biggest weakness is in a relationship? Just being completely transparent. I know that I am 100% a fixer, as I mentioned earlier, like 100%. Um, I have girlfriends who we work in the same company together, um, and I'll, I'll just be having a conversation about something they brought up, and they'll say before I even start saying anything, they're like, I don't need to be coached. I just need you to listen. Like, fair enough, because that's, that's <laughs> what I do. I automatically go to coaching. I mean, you can ask Gabby. I think I've been coaching her since I was like nine. So, <laughs> but it is, it's a, a detriment in relationships because a relationship is about partnership. But I think the other part too is I haven't yet found a partner who I feel like has, I, I found partners that helped me grow um, when I was younger. In my 30s, I haven't yet found a partner who I feel like is aligned with where I am. And that's okay because it means the timing's not right. Mm -hmm. But because of that, I found myself coaching and fixing a lot of relationships that I should have just let go. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is my detriment and my flaw. And I know I will need someone um, that will help complement that and say, yeah, you know, right now I could use your coaching or, hey, I just need you to listen to me for right now because that, that's my biggest, I think, opportunity. I can see that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my biggest thing, my biggest weakness, I'm just going to be like completely honest, is being vulnerable with somebody in a relationship. And I wouldn't say I'm like you, Chrissy, or I'm a fixer, but for me, I feel like I want to help people. So I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want to fix them, but I want to help them kind of like guide them to their problems and just be a support system for somebody. So in turn, you know, I kind of, you know, focus on their problems and, you know, their feelings and their emotions versus mine. And then that also leads into effect of sharing myself and being vulnerable and communicating where I'm at in the relationship or what I want out of the relationship, you know, which can be very detrimental. You should always be communicating as communicating key in any relationship or friendship um and my friends have always told me this like I struggle with being vulnerable and opening up to people and really sharing myself and I don't know why that's just you know something that I struggle with everybody struggles with something that's just I don't you know really like to focus on where I'm at you know with my feelings and with my emotions so I would say that's my biggest flaw is you know just not being as open with people that was good that was I good I would say that mine would probably be my attachment style. So I attach to people very quickly. And when I do that, if I'm, if I'm dating someone who 
isn't that way, like kind of needs their space or they're not being as vulnerable and things like that, that can kind of make me um, feel a little uncomfortable. And then I can find myself kind of, you know, putting a little pressure on them. I think that whenever you are the person who has a really connected attachment style, that you have to really kind of get outside yourself and be like, hey, if I was this person and, you know, I felt like I was being pressured, what would you do? So I, in past relationships, I've noticed just trend of me being a little more, um, I guess the word is clingy, being a little more clingy than people are used to. So that's something I've been trying to kind of work on. I love that we all three have very different opportunities. And I, I love the vulnerability in it. Cause I, especially in Black community, it is very difficult to talk about where your weaknesses come in and where you may have quote unquote failed or made mistakes when it comes to relationships. So it's beautiful to have that conversation. No, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And I think to your point, it is more difficult for us as black women to kind of open up to that because a lot of times in relationships, we feel like um, that vulnerability is a weakness and people can use that against us. So I'm glad that we were able to, you know, kind of share that with each other and share that with, you know, the people who are listening. Definitely. Do you guys feel like the issues that you talked about is like a make or break or something that has ended relationships? I think that um, self-awareness is the key first, right? Because I think any progress is made from yourself. So once you can identify, you know, what you need to work on, I think that trying little steps to kind of make some progress and speaking about that with your partner, I think is important too, because it shows that you're aware and they can also help hold you accountable if the relationship is something that both of you guys want. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think mine has pushed me to hold on to relationships much longer than I ever should have. Um, and I think that has to, to your question, Gabby, I think it's, it has to be my personal and to exactly what you're saying, Johnny, it has to be my personal make or break. I can't, allow myself to coach more than partner right mm-hmm. like I, can't find, I can't push myself to be in a relationship where it's helping that person and not about a partnership so yeah to that point there's a self-awareness piece of am I in a relationship because I want to be with that person because they help me grow because you know I love them or am I in a relationship because they're another challenge for me to help fix no, and I agree. I feel like for me, kind of what I expressed before that it has kind of been a make or break thing is obviously with communication. And you have to kind of be self-aware as well, too, like you said, in realizing where you're at and then realizing where that other person is at, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like just to be honest, for me, it has been a big make or break um, because obviously if you're not communicating, if you're not being open to that person, then there's really no point in the relationship. Um, and so to be honest, I feel like that has been something that has affected me. Mm. all right what's the next so do you want to move on to the next and final question before we get into Chris's no questions? I have a question for one I think that's not on here and then we'll move on to the last question but my next question um is your so I know Chrissy could probably answer this a little bit better because this is something that I haven't really dealt with seriously but let's talk about interracial dating and how you do you you know introduce you know, some cultural differences, some just, I mean, I guess a mixture of everything that we kind of spoke about, like, what is that like, or what was that like for you? Oh, boy, interracial dating. So I think the big thing that's important, um, and especially for those of you listening to ground people in is 
we grew up with a Jamaican background. And so when you're Jamaican, you're Jamaican. So it's not in Jamaica, it's not that you're black Jamaican or white Jamaican, you're identified as Jamaican, but there's different cultural things, right? Um, get you throughout the culture. So growing up, that was oftentimes how I associated my dating life, which was if we connect, we connect, if we engage, we engage. Um, so in my 20s, I dated a lot of people from a lot of different, and I do mean that, a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different races. Um, and I did not take it as seriously. I think that's the other point was in my 20s, I did not date to get married. I dated because it was there and it was easy. So I think it's also important to understand a mindset difference in my 30s. It's not that I'm necessarily dating to get married, but I would like that option in the relationship. And so I am looking at a long-term partner. And so I am taking it more seriously of what do you value? Little things for my 20s that I would just let slide, I don't anymore because I also know who I am as a Black woman. Whereas I feel like in my teens and 20s, I was still figuring that out. I was still confused about what that looked like. And I think it's important to ground ourselves in that as well. Uh, you guys are in a great place where, you know, again, like we talked about, being a black woman, while yes, we're not in a perfect place, right now it's celebrated. And it was not mm -hmm. celebrated in my 20s at all. Um, and so it was, there was a lot of things that I, I'm, I probably have a little bit of shame from of not standing up for myself in relationships like I should have and not standing up for things that were blatantly racist, but that that person didn't understand because they don't have the same background that I do. Mm -hmm. And so now I find that there needs to be an understanding with that person and openness and a transparency. Um, and I'll be very blunt. If there's someone that comes from majority of race, like a white male, I need you to understand that you don't understand what it means to be a black woman. I right. dated a man who may he rest in peace. He is alive, but may he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> For real. Uh, Gabby knows exactly what I'm talking about. Who point blank said in a conversation when I, we were having a very delicate conversation about a situation that happened. And I was like, you don't understand how that hurts me and what it feels like as a black woman. And he had the audacity to say, you don't understand what it means to be a white man. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> sir. <laughs> and yes, he is right. But those are not one in the same. Like that's that is not synonymous at all. And so it was at that point too, where I had to really, and it was a blessing in disguise because I had to really ground myself in, is this something or someone whose opinion you value in your life? And I think that's mm. when it comes to interracial relationships. I think people focus too much on the race and don't focus on the person and their yeah. ability to be open and transparent because they have to have difficult conversations, especially if kids become an option because mm. that child is more than likely going to come out darker, especially if it's a white man. And I'm just being, you know, super blunt. If it's a white man or if it's someone that, you know, maybe Asian American who has lighter skin, the child's going to come out more than likely darker than them. And there are going to be questions. And if you don't have those conversations before then, you're setting that child up for a really difficult uphill battle when if you guys had aligned in that conversation of what does race look like to you? What does race look like from your background? What does race in America look like now? What does it look like from, you know, we talked earlier about political beliefs and faith and values. Are we having those conversations? Because if you're not, then it doesn't matter who you date you're missing the opportunity. I'll say I've had more racial conversations now than I ever did in my 20s. 
and I need it. Yeah. Mm, that was good. And that was good insight. <laughs> All right, Gabby, I think you got us with the last question. So let's talk about our funniest. I think the last question is our funniest dating stories. Um, <laughs> we'll end it on a lighter note before we get into Christy's questions. Okay. Oh man, who wants to go first? Gabby, go ahead. Okay, I'll go first because mine's a little longer. Um, and it happened recently. Well, not recently. It happened two years ago when I first moved out here. This was the second date. And I honestly don't remember the guy's name. Um, but I'm going to make up one anyways. I'll say his name okay. or something like that. Um, so again, this is our second date. And we were, I was driving maybe 15 or so minutes away from where I live um, and we were meeting at this sushi restaurant and I want to preference this this may sound a little weird but on his we met on Bumble um, so it's a dating app for those who don't know what Bumble is where you can match with people and the, the girl has the first say so and you know she is the one who reaches out first but on his dating app you can put what your job title is which is great but on the dating app he put that he was a CFO Mm-hmm. So it's, for those who don't know, that is like a chief financial officer, which is great. You know me, like, you know, I'm like somebody who makes yeah, money. Yeah, I'm wondering if that was really his career. But yeah, and I'm like, but one, I was like, you know, if you're, I'm not saying anything is wrong, but if you're a CFO, why are you on Bumble? That was my first thought. But anyways. Um, so this is, again, our second date. So we meet up for sushi, you know, and for me, I'm a little directionally challenged. So I did get lost going there. So I was a little late. Um, I'm not going to lie. And so first I was probably like a little irritating. And so, you know, I pull up and in California, it's either, you know, you parallel park on the street or there's garage parking. And it was like a Friday night. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of spots taken. So I had to go up like eight levels. Um, and so I get there, I park I'm like five or so minutes late, which is not bad. Um, you know, we pull in, I walk to the restaurant and I get in there and, you know, he's like smiling. Hey, you know, how are you doing? And I smell his breath. And I'm like, are you drunk? <laughs> and he was like, you know, um, I got my hair cut. My barber did such a great job that we went out to drinks afterwards. And I paid for all his drinks. That's and so tough. Like, okay, great. You know, and, you know, I'm on one for it. Let's grab a drink. You know, I like y'all know I like to drink. Um, I like my alcoholic beverages. It's one thing to go on a date. You guys meet up for drinks in the afternoon. You maybe get a little tipsy. That's fine. But, dude, to show up to the date drunk, um, like, that's a lot. Come on. Um, whatever. So we get there. We order our little sushi rolls, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, you know, everything's on me. The whole meal's on me. I'm like, yeah, of course it's on you. Like, it's our second date. Um and so we get there and we order and he's like, you know, do you want a glass of wine? And I'm like, yeah, I'll take a glass of wine. And, um, and she was like, he was like, okay. And then he's like, let's start taking shots. And for those who don't know, obviously like a Japanese restaurant, you have to take shots of sake. And so I'm like, you know, I have to drive back home after this. So I was like, I'm not going to get drunk with you, but I was like, I'll take a little shot and have like a glass of wine. And he's like, okay, you know, let's take shots. So we get a whole bottle of sake. Tell me why this dude finishes the entire bottle of sake by himself. <laughs> um, 
that's a lot. And so he did that. And Saki's a pretty heavy alcoholic drink, too. Yeah. And so then he orders another one. Um, and then he orders me, like, another glass of wine. I didn't even want another glass of wine. But he ordered me another glass of wine. And he's like, let's go out of this. Let's go, let's go to the bar after this. Let's, let's go get drunk. All this kind of stuff. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. But I don't know you like that, dude. And so, you know, we finish our meal, whatever. We ne- never finish a bottle of sake. And so I'm like, well, what are we supposed to do with the bottle of sake? And he was like, well, just put it in your purse. Just take it with you and put it in your purse. And so I'm walking out the restaurant with a whole bottle of sake with me. And so anyways, I'm going to cut this kind of short so you guys can go. Um, and so anyways, we walk out, we go to the elevator. And this dude, like, he leans over and tries to kiss me at this point. Oh, my point. God, no. And so I'm going to turn my cheek. And I'm like, okay, you know, that was nice. Thank you. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get out, you know, I go to my car and this is like when it really gets creepy. I go to my car and he's like, you're going to meet me afterwards to go out, right? And I'm like, yeah, dude, like I'm going to meet you. Let me drive my car home. So I'm not driving drunk in the middle of California. Um, and so I said, I'm going to drive my car home and I'm going to park it. I'm going to Uber to wherever we're going to meet at. And he's like, okay, cool. And so, mind you, I have to drive, like, 15 minutes to my apartment to park it and then go and Uber. And so, I'm driving, you know, I pull out the parking garage, I'm on the street, and all of a sudden, I see this phone call come in, and it's from this blocked number. So, I'm answering it, I'm like, hello? And he was like, where are you? I said, who is this? He said, it's Alfonso. I said, why is your number blocked? He was like, that's just how it shows up on my phone, like, whenever I call people. And I'm like, what? Mm. And this is like five minutes after I left him. And so then I'm like, I'm on my way. I told you I have to go to my house first. And so then I'm driving another five minutes down the freeway. I get another call from another block to number. And he was like, where are you? And I said, I'm 10 minutes out. I told you I lived like 15 minutes away. And he was like, okay, you know, just making sure that you still wanted to meet up. And I said, I told you I wanted to meet up. Like, if I told you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. <laughs> And so then I'm driving again. I might be like five minutes away from my apartment. I get another blocked number. He said, where are you? Are you almost home yet? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I said, I already told you where I was. And I said, and there's traffic here. So I'm five minutes away from my apartment. And he was like, okay, you know, still making sure we had plans to come out. I feel so, so pressed. I kid you not. <laughs> I walk into my apartment. I get another call from another blocked number. And he was like, where are you? I said, I just walked <laughs> I said, I just walked into my apartment. And he's like, okay, you know, I just want to make sure you're still coming. Are you coming right? And I said, yeah. I said, but I need to use the bathroom. I said, and I want to freshen up a little bit. And then I'm going to get an Uber and I'm going to meet you out there. And I said, it's going to take some time. And he said, okay, you know, just want to make sure you're still coming. So I'm in the bathroom. I had plans. I had full intentions of going to meet him until he started calling me four times. No. And so I get another call, another block call. So this is five block calls. That's tough. I can't. And I said, first of all, I would have been done. Yeah, I said, and then for me, I said, look, dude, I'm not going to make it out tonight. This is too much. And he said, okay, you know, I said, I have a headache. Okay, you know, like, I understand. And so I was talking to my roommate about it. And she was like, let's look this dude up. And so we Google him. Tell me why I found a mugshot. Yeah. Ooh, child. Yep. Yep. I found a mugshot of him. Um, and then I Google him a little bit more because I was asking him, and I was like, what company do you work for? And he couldn't tell me the company. Of course not. And I was like, well, if you're a CFO, it should be like a widely known company. He was like, yeah, but I can't tell you. Bill Block 323. 
So <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is not going to work out. And so I don't think, I think he kind of got the hint and he unmatched with me from Bumble and I haven't talked to him. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. Because of your story is the reason why if I, if I'm, before I go on a date with somebody, I Google everybody that I go out with, period. Oh, I, if I can't find you on Google, we're not going. Yep. If you're not anywhere to be found, I have questions. If you're military and nowhere to be found, that's different sometimes. But yeah, if you're not anywhere to be found, I have questions. And that's (laughs) the thing. I was like, if you're a CFO of a company, especially out here in California, it should be a widely known company. It was kind of weird because on our first date, he was talking about, I bought my my mom a brand new Audi when I graduated college. Oh, okay. I bought my mom Versace and all these kind of nice gifts. I'm like, okay, well then start buying me that stuff. Um, (laughs) But I was like, if you... You know, if you make people who make a lot of money don't you know you have to brag about it. You can just tell that they make a lot of money. And so yeah. I was like, that's that's a red flag. If you're a CFO again. Why are you on Bumble? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh my goodness. All right. That was long, but that legit happened to me. This is not a made up story. Oh my so. gosh. Okay, I'm gonna go next. Mine's super short. It wasn't really like no funny story, but like it's just like like what? All right, so I met this guy. I want to say it was like on, I want to say it was on Bumble too. I met him on there. And, um, you know, we were speaking and stuff. Things were going kind of like decent, you know, like I didn't really know when we met on Bumble. And we had like FaceTime, spoke a little bit, all that kind of stuff. And he was like, yeah. Um, so I think I might have been like going back home to North Carolina or something on a date. This is probably like two years ago. But um, I was about to go back home. He was like, I really want to see you before you leave, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool. What are you doing? Because um, usually when I go to North Carolina, I'll leave on a Friday. So I think we might have met up on like a Thursday night or something. And um, first, the guy was like, okay, I'm going to come to your house and pick you up. That's number one. I don't know. You're not coming to my house because you don't need to know where I live. That's number one. Number two, he was like, okay, um, well, if I can't take you, let's just um, go get something to eat. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, where do you want to go eat? And I'm not really um, big on chain restaurants, number one. Number two, um, we're not going to no Chipotle or nothing like that. But this man was like, um, we can go to Ann Pizza. And for all the DMV people, y'all know what Ann Pizza is. It's basically kind of like a Mods or Blaze pizza where you basically go in there, pick the pizza up, go home kind of thing. I was not down for none of that. You're supposed to be on a date, right? So, right, yeah. Um, and this is nighttime, y'all. This is like after work type joint. Like, we're not going to no Ann Pizza. So um, he was like, um, so what do you suggest or whatever? And I'm like, okay, um, let's meet here. And I'm like, it's chill. Like, it's a little sports bar, nothing crazy. So um, I meet the guy at the sports bar. Number one, he's late. And I have a little 15-minute rule. If you're more than 15 minutes late, I will leave. Like, dad, leave. Not even tell you I'm leaving, leave. What's up, that How are you so late? (laughs) Right. And I text him, like, hey, where are you? He was like, hey, I'm about 10 minutes away. I said, okay, cool. 10 minutes comes by and he's still not there. I'm literally about to get up from my seat because I don't wait in the car. Get up from my seat and he walks in the door. I'm like, okay, cool, bet. So we get there, whatever. We're like, I said, we're at a sports bar now. Food's not mad expensive or anything like that. He was like, oh, like, did you look at the menu? And I was like, no, I was waiting for you, blah, blah, blah. He was like, oh, did you get a drink? I was like, no, I was trying to be playing. I'm waiting for you. He was like, you know, go, you know, get what you want. So um, I got like a beer or something. And then I looked at the menu. I was like, oh, they got wings. I'll get some wings. That's it. Tell me, and this is like after like happy hour kind of hours. Tell me why this man go up to the bar. He goes up there and um, he tell the um, bartender what I want to eat. And then he comes back and asks me for my card. No, no, no. 
What? Yes, this man came back and asked me for my card. I said, yo. I was like, so you ain't have like a little, you know, ten, fifteen dollars to pay for my because I got like six wings. It wasn't like I got a, a rack of wings to take home. He was, <laughs> he was like, nah, like I figured he was just gonna do this or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Oh. <laughs> so I go over there, I give him my card, I come back. And he was like just looking at me, like trying to like joking and stuff. And at this point, I'm just like not playing games. Like, number one, you're late. Number two, like you trying to make me pay for my own food and you just asked, told me get what I want. What are we doing? So um, I asked him, I said, you know, so what do you consider this? Like, is this a date or, you know, what is this right now? He was like, I wouldn't call it a date. I was like, well, what is this um, to you? And he was like, I would consider it more of an interview. And I said, well, you know, on an interview, an interview. your role, you know, to try to impress the employer. And he was like, yeah, um, you're not impressed. I said, I'm the furthest thing away from impressed. Well- father knew how you was treating me right now he told me to get up and leave so i'm you better be glad i haven't left already oh and then i think i was like really hungry so i ended up stayed i drank my beer i ate the wings after that i was like look we're not gonna speak again like i'm pretty much good on all this like you could pretty much lose my number so i had got home he texted me and said um i hope when you come back to north carolina um you can give me a second chance i texted and said no nah, i'm good and that no. was good no Y'all have some experiences. <laughs> I feel like it's so different dating now. It's like almost it's scary. It's I'm too casual. It, I'm is, recording, it is casual. Because ca- I mean, I've had interesting dates, but well, I also, <laughs> I guess, uh, mine, the one I was thinking about was because I was thinking about one in my 30s because in my 20s, geez. I mean, I don't, I, it, it is too casual now because men were more, um, I don't know there's just there's something about southern charm tradition I won't even call it that just like respect is what it is that I felt like I had I also dated older men in my 20s as well so they they also had a little better southern charm and respect um but that does not exist out here I know well so as I was thinking about it the one per- the one that came to mind was I met him on Bumble and we'll call him Jacob and <laughs> I know we all met them on Bumble. <laughs> yes. Like, never Bumble. again. Never again. I'm on no dating apps now, like zero. I don't do dating apps anymore. Um, but we met on Bumble and I, you know, we were going to this, one of my favorite establishments. I know the owners. I don't go any on any date where I don't know the people that own the place. Um, and so oh, I, nice. like, that like yeah, girl, <laughs> now I can't play. I don't, I don't have time. And so I had like, you know, it was casual, like, Whole, like it's not a hole in the wall bar but it's a very casual location and so we were gonna do like a couple drinks so I had like you know ripped jeans heels and a sweater on and in the dark it looked like he had on normal man pants um and a hat and just like a sweater in light as it got closer he was like as soon as he approached he said I don't really dress up and as I looked down a little further his sweatpants that were <laughs> holy and dirty were his version of a date outfit Ooh, and I was like well so we went in and I was like well he's gonna buy me a drink anyway so I was like he's at least gonna buy me two drinks so and he did and as we talked like we actually had funny conversation because bless him um and I will not talk negatively about anyone because I don't know people's lives but when you share some information sometimes I'm just like I I, I don't have a response 
um, when he explained my age, like I'm 35, I think he's like 32. And he was like, he and his roommate um, decided that they didn't have enough money for curtains. And so they used for curtains. Yeah, for curtains. So they used bed sheets as their curtain. We did that like in college. Well, we didn't even do that in college. You had blue curtains and I had green curtains. Don't do that. Also, curtains are seven ninety nine at Walmart. Exactly. Like bed sheets are more. That is and, true, and you can like make a curtain rod. Right, and it was then that I realized this wasn't going any further. But let him buy me my couple drinks. The date ended in thirty minutes, probably top. Did he buy? <laughs> yes, I made him. I did not take out my card. I was like, nope, uh, no. And I also because I knew the people there, I made like I was like, mm-hmm, he's buying me some drinks. So they're like, yes, he is. <laughs> Go places you know people. But then, bless his sweet little heart, as we say in the South, he contacted me two weeks later. Keep in mind, I haven't contacted him. Two weeks later, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry, best friend. That we uh-huh. I'm not kidding. I wish I was joking. That we haven't talked in a while. I'm not really good at connecting with people. I didn't even respond. I was like, I... Uh, uh, That's was, right. was the curtain was it the curtain that made you think we were best friends like I don't know sis it's the, the slut pants that did it for me that I could not I but you know what that. I could not like if you... I have been on dates with people who worn like basketball shorts before no I ain't never been on a date with somebody who wore basketball shorts unless we were doing outdoor activity yes like if yeah. we're like doing yes. like, climbing or something but if you are going to an establishment where people sit at a table or a bar and your pants should be man pants, sweatpants don't count. That's tough. But it's like, it's like you said, it's so casual nowadays. Yes. I'm too, casual. Casual. too casual. But all right. So we'll wrap up the podcast with one question. I think this is a good question to kind of end it on. This is for you, Christy. What is one piece of advice you would give women in their 20s about dating? Ooh. Okay. I have more than one piece of advice because I do. Um, but I think it all wraps around know your value. Um, mm. That's a good one. Like bullet points <laughs> to the know your value. Um, bullet point number one is do not feel like you need to rush into any type of long-term relationship in your 20s because between Mm -hmm. your 20s and your 30s, you will change drastically. I don't care who you are. Everything changes, especially with the theme of this podcast being, you know, black girl business. It's you're going to transform and you should. That person that you may be trying to rush to get a ring with may not transform with you. And so it's important to take your time and really understand where you need to be in your life first, because regardless of what relationship you are in, you are still you. And I have watched women who are in their 40s and 50s now, who, not to say all relationships end in divorce, but had invested so much time and energy in getting that ring and being focused on that man. And now that man is no longer their focus because they're no longer together, floundering because they don't know who they are. And they say, mm. and they, these are the same women that have said to me, I should have taken the time to establish who I am as a person first. And I did not do that. And so it's so important to know your value and to understand who you are. You can be in a relationship, no one's saying not to be, but take care of you because nobody else will. And that's black girl business. Yep. That is real black girl business. And I agree with that. Ladies, value yourself. Like Chrissy said, whether it's dating, in your career, in your friendships, 
put yourself first and value yourself because you're never going to get that time back. Oh, that's true. So, Christy, oh, thank you so much yes. for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a wonderful conversation. So, and we appreciate that. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget um, to tune in every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for new episodes. And we look forward to chatting with you guys more. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.